I just kept doing the noise after I started the recording. What's up, people? How's it going? How's your evening? Hey, everybody. Roland, uh, Mom, uh, Kara. Everybody. That's it. That's everyone. Yep. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So this is the Unformatted Review Show. My name is Tyler. My name is Chris. My name is Tyler. My name is still Chris. And today we did not watch Seven Samurai. Yeah. Sorry about that. So we, uh, well, Tyler downloaded the movie and then. I paid for it. Yeah. Sure. Um, we uh, we we got our hands on the movie and uh, realized that it was three and a half hours long. Yeah. Which I had forgotten. I, I knew it was long, but not that long. That's really long. And uh, we did not have the. That's Return of the King long. Yeah, we didn't have uh, quite enough time to do it, so we settled on a uh, a lighthearted yeah really really <laughs> just um just some light uh, just softball material yeah really. we just didn't we didn't uh we wanted to kind of ease up and uh this wasn't that it's so. a joke you see because we did old boy <laughs> this movie is very dramatic and really good and I'm still a little bit in shock from <laughs> from the the experience honestly it it has that effect on people so um I, I don't I don't know if you're going to want to issue the same thing but I'm going to go ahead right off the bat and say if you haven't seen this go see it stop listening to this yeah all spoilers from yeah. here on out yeah uh, you you owe it to yourself. It's on Netflix. It, it is. It's on Netflix. It's exactly it's two easy. hours. Um, Just watch it. Yeah. You By are, yourself, probably. <laughs> definitely not with, like, loved ones or people that you think are going to think less of you if, after. <laughs> if you have a daughter, you shouldn't, or a sister. <laughs> or... Just just watch it by yourself. Watch it by yourself first. Put put it on a put it on a nice big TV because it's beautiful. It is really beautiful attractive. movie. Put it on a nice big TV. Uh, you know, get get it on like you know some headphones or good you know sound system something. Just you know devote some Immerse time. yourself. You owe it to yourself. Watch the movie. It's but, quite good, but it is uh it is a breathtaking experience it, to say the least. It takes a lot out of you. Um, so I have been tasked with the plot synopsis this week. Yes. Um, so, uh, here we go. Um, <laughs> the movie opens, um, with our protagonist, um, Desu. He is pulling a guy up off a building uh, well, okay, he's holding a guy over the edge of a building by his necktie. You don't really know the circumstances of it at this point. Um, and he says, I need to tell you my story, basically, is the is the short version of it, um, like, before you die. Um, so he goes into his story. Um, it starts off with him at a police station because he was drunk and got taken in for mouthing off and apparently hitting on some guy's girlfriend. There was a fight. There was a fight. Stuff. and He's super drunk. Yeah, he's really <laughs> drunk. But he's he's kind of amicably drunk. Right off the bat, you kind of like him because he's just, he's just kind of wacky. Um, they... So he gets out of the police station 
goes into a phone booth to call his wife and daughter and be like, hey, I'm on my way home. And uh, then he gets abducted uh, and locked in a room for 15 years. It pretty much looks like a poorly appointed hotel room. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's, it's pretty nice for what is essentially a prison. Yeah. But it's pretty shabby if you were considering it a hotel. So falls somewhere on that spectrum <laughs> between prison and hotel. If that is indeed a spectrum that exists. Yeah. <laughs> I guess as far as rooms that you can spend 15 years in, that it, it exists. Yeah. So um, he's stuck in there for 15 years. The movie pretty quickly just hits on the major points of this imprisonment. Um, he's being fed through basically a doggy door. Um, he is being knocked out by Valium gas every once in a while. Um, and he knows that they're cleaning him up and presumably doing God knows what with him while he's knocked out. Um, he starts scratching a sort of tattoo onto his hand of for every year that he's imprisoned. Um, he is obsessed with television. That's, that's not obsessed. I mean, he, that's his only thing to do. Um, so he watches a lot of television um, and then starts to get buff. So yeah, he starts punching walls. He's, and shit. He, he starts training on basically the wall and the furniture in the room based to, on what he sees on the TV. Yeah, to get himself <laughs> into good fighting shape. And um, after thirteen years, he uh, starts to use a chopstick to basically get himself out. He starts digging around the mortar around bricks behind his bed. Um, so. It takes him another, like, I think, I guess, a year and a half to um, get enough bricks dug out to where he's going to escape. He finally gets almost there, and then he's inexplicably at the time released. And um, he's put out onto a roof randomly just with a suitcase full of clothes, and that's it. Um, and, oh, and the journals that he kept. And the journals that he kept. Sorry. Um, and the only person up there is the guy who is about to j fall off the roof that he grabs by the necktie and explains this to. And then uh, the guy kills himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you kind of think he's not going to for a second, but then he does. He totally does. <laughs> um, so then the first thing he does after getting out is he wants to go get something to eat naturally. Um and he goes to a sushi shop. Now he meets a young lady at the sushi shop that is a very, I would say regionally renowned sushi chef. She was on like public access television. Yeah, like a local news program. Yeah, for being, for being the best female sushi chef in the area. Um, and they, they recognize each other, um, presumably at the time, he recognizes her for being the sushi chef, and she recognizes him, or you're led to believe, because he, oh, while he was in prison for 15 years, the uh, the people that imprisoned him framed him for killing his wife. Yes. Um, so that's at least why I thought she recognized him at first. I don't... Well, yeah. It doesn't matter. Anyway. <laughs> um, that, I'm just telling you that that was my thought process okay. at the time. Fair enough. Because, um, I mean, anyway. Um, so that happens. He basically, oh, right before that, he trains his fighting skills on some random thugs in the street and beats them up. Um, 
It does pretty well. Yeah, right before he... Sorry, I'm going out slightly out of order here. <laughs> right before he walks into the sushi restaurant, a homeless person comes up and gives him a wallet with a ton of cash and a cell phone. And uh, is like, I have no idea why I'm giving you this, but here you go. Um, so... He goes into the sushi place, meets this girl, they hit it off, he eats a live octopus. Which is an interesting scene into itself. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's real. Yeah. Um, and the actor actually did it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Korea, Korea doesn't have the same animal abuse laws that we do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that happens. Then he passes out uh, from exhaustion, presumably. Um he wakes up in the home of said sushi chef, whose name is Mido, and uh, she basically starts nursing him back to health. She read all his journals, so she knows his full story by the time he wakes up, and um, they start really get hitting it off. He tries to... I won't say rape. It's, he tri- it's pretty rapey. He, he's, <laughs> he's rapish for a second. And then it, she she's like no, and he's like uh, okay, and he stops, and she's he, like he pretty much feels awful afterwards, and is and she's about like, to leave, yeah, and, and she's, she's like, like no, don't yeah. feel bad, it's cool, we'll do it eventually. Is basically what she's like. She's, she's like when you sing, when I start singing this song that you wrote in your notebook, that's when we will do it, and I want you to just give it to me and don't stop. <clears throat> Which is whatever. Uh, <laughs> there's there's a lot there. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, whatever. I, I've anyway. Yeah, let let's continue with the summer, because God, this might take the entire time that we <laughs> that we usually run to. Um, he starts trying to track down his oppressors. Um, she helps him through a lot of research. This is a long part of the movie, but it it can really be summed up with through a lot of research. They find out who it is. Um. They track him down. And he's, like, keeping tabs on them the whole way. He's always one step ahead of yes, them. Yes, he's a mastermind. He's, uh, he's very much a, a kingpin type uh, type guy. Um, yeah, good. Yeah, so <laughs> he finds out he's pretty, uh, pretty intimidating, so they try and run away. Um, and then um, the... Uh, the guy who is masterminding all of this, whose name is Wu Jin, um, he makes it pretty clear that they can't run because he tracks them like every step of the way. Um, Dezu finds a bug in his shoe, like a recording device, not like a beetle, um, and gets rid of it. And then Wu Jin goes to Dezu's best friend who has been helping him, um, his internet cafe, that he owns and works at um, to basically listen in on Dezu and ooh, I wrote it down. What's his name? Uh, it's Juhuan. Juhuan. Yeah. Juhuan. Sorry. He go so um, he's listening in on Dezu and Juhuan talk about um, what they've found. Basically, they've tracked it to this girl that they both went to high school with um, died on July 5th, 5th, which is the day that Wu Jin tells Dezu that he needs to find out the truth by if he doesn't want him to kill Mido. Um, Again, there's a lot going on, so it's it's hard to summarize it all, but... um, (laughs) 
But hopefully you've already seen the movie, so I'm just telling you stuff you know, and you've, you're just getting a refresher if you saw yeah. it a while ago, right? Um, hopefully. Yeah. So that happened. That actually makes me feel a little bit better. Um, that <laughs> happens. Uh, he, uh, Wu Jin he, hears... So that girl disappeared, and they basically figure out that her brother is the guy who's causing all this. And... Um, uh, what's his name? The friend Jin Ju Juhuan. Sorry, I wrote it down, but I can't. It's not a very memorable name. He's not. A, he's not a huge character. No, um, he he mostly just serves some plot relevance. Yeah. He uh, he's basically like, oh yeah, that girl was such a slut. I heard that she, you know, had sex with all the guys at school. Blah blah blah. And Wu Jin flies off the handle and breaks a CD and then stabs him to death with a broken CD, which is pretty crazy yeah <laughs> um so it the action starts ramping up at that point um i'm a little murky can you help me out here um yeah so after that happens it's pretty much you've pretty much put together that um what happened in the past uh was that um wujin uh, Juwan, 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 uh, not Juwan. <laughs> uh, to all of our Korean listeners, possibly. Uh, oh, I'm pa- so sorry. Pa- uh, past, present, and future. Yeah, we don't know how don't, to I'm, pronounce these names. I'm going. I'm going <laughs> based phonetically off of how the how because we had subtitles like. How they're spelled, yeah. which to, to, might not be exactly right. To so. uh, to a to native English speakers that have never studied any any Asian language, this is pronunciation is. Uh, yeah, please, yeah. please, please be patient. Don't, don't hold this against us. Please, please, please God. be patient with us. <laughs> um, so moving on from there. Um, by the time uh, Juwan dies, you pretty much know that uh, he, Desu, and um, Wujin all went to the same uh, high school. As did uh, Wujin's sister. Yes, as did Wujin's sister, uh, called the uh, it's like Evergreen Catholic High School, uh, home of the Evergreen Old Boys. Yes. Um... And I, sorry, I can pick it back up. You got me back on my train of thought. Okay. Um, Dezu gets a flashback of of that day, that fateful day, so many years ago, where he basically saw through a peephole Wu Jin um, having some not sex, but some exploratory doing some, doing some exploratory stuff with his sister. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and. Dezu tells Juhuan about this right as he's about to transfer to another school in Seoul. So, like, he, he's leaving the town, and on his last day, this happens, and he tells Juhuan about this. Um, and it's like, hey, don't tell anyone. But Juhuan apparently does and spreads it around that this girl yeah, has been... Was- has has been doing this stuff and uh, rumors spread that she is a slut and that she's pregnant and it all gets back to her. And then shortly thereafter she dies. Um, so that being the 
the big revelation mystery solved moment of the movie. And it's assumed in the movie that she kills herself. Yes. Um, pretty much up to this point, everything has just been evidence that she kills herself. That's what everyone says. Um, so Dezu finally goes back to confront um, Wujin um, at his home. He uses the evidence that he's gathered to get himself there and find the right place. He gets up to his penthouse with him, fights off a couple people, um, and then the the climactic scene is Dezu um, and Wujin hashing out this whole thing. Um, Dezu explains his findings and then accuses um, Wujin of actually killing his sister. Um, and, uh, because there's a photo on the wall on the day, July 5th, that the sister died when she was presumably alone. At the dam at that the she dam that she, jumped that off she of. Killed, that she died at. And um, he's like, well, if she killed herself, who took this picture? And um, that is kind of like Wu Jin brushes it off pretty well and um, basically turns it around on him and through some... S- semi-subtle imagery um am i missing anything not so far through some semi-subtle imagery we find out that mido the love interest um who dezu has been falling in love with and has actually had intercourse with by this point is his daughter um that was lost a long time ago to him and uh it also turns out because there, there is one mechanic of this that we are missing. Uh, both Mito and Desu have been getting hypnotized yes. uh, during the time that Desu was imprisoned. Yes. Um, and up until this point, pretty much like their immediate interaction, like getting them together, has all been based on post hypnotic suggestion. Yes. He was. It was suggested that he go to the sushi uh, place. It was suggested that she meet him, serve him, and... They fall in love, basically. This whole thing. It was all engineered by Wu Jin. Jin Wu. Jin Wu. Jin Wu. Jin Wu. Jin It's Wu Jin. Yeah. Um, so, um, basically, Mido is, at the time... Uh, Dezu thought he was hiding her with someone that he could trust because um, he thought that Wujin had kind of screwed over their gang. So um, he hid her out in the place that he had actually been in prison for 15 years. Um, but it turns out the gang was still in the pocket of um, Wujin. So she's now in, in dire danger. And um, all this leads up to... Wu Jin is about to reveal to her that uh, she's she's Dezu's daughter, and um, he loses it and begs and pleads and just throws debases himself debases himself debases himself <laughs> throws himself at the mercy of Wu Jin to basically try and convince him not to tell Mido because it would it would ruin everything it would ruin her life it would it would screw everything over for both of them um and he debases himself so much he's begging he's acting like a dog and then 
uh, I think the ultimate thing that sets it over the edge is he actually cuts out his own tongue. Um, and uh, once he does that, Wujin gives the order to go ahead and not show her the evidence that she's his daughter. Um, and then Wujin walks away. He gets a flashback of the, the day that he... Um, dropped let his sister die killed her it's pretty ambiguous as to who it's like she she was going and he tried to stop it and then she just talked him into letting go basically yeah um so whatever that day it flashes back to that and then um Woojin kills himself yep and then the movie ends on uh Dezu out in the frigid weather somewhere in rural Korea, I suppose, <laughs> um, with this lady who you can glean through the, context clues that you also saw her hypnotizing Daisu oh, okay. in the beginning. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, um, she's the lady that hypnotized them in the first place, and he is convincing her to hypnotize him into forgetting that Mido is his daughter, um, which seemingly succeeds. He passes out, she disappears, he wakes up, and Mito, I guess, was somewhere off to the side while this was going on, and she comes out, they have a touching hug, hug it out, she's like, I love you, and he smiles, and then the movie's over. Yep. Man. 21 minutes. 21 minutes of a summary. Alright. God. You talk for a minute. Okay. So, um, backstory, uh... I have seen this movie before. Um, this is uh, Tyler's first time seeing this movie. Yep. So uh, it's it's always a treat for me when I get to do that, especially with a movie like this. Oh, my God. Um, I am a huge, huge fan of this movie. Um, and I, I actually found some... I actually ended up liking this movie better the second time I saw it. Mm-hmm. Because before this, um, so this is part of a anthology type trilogy by the same director called the, uh, I believe it's the Revenge Saga or something like that, where uh, each movie in the trilogy has the theme of revenge and it goes into different aspects of a revenge story. Um... I've seen Lady Vengeance, which was the last movie made. I've not seen the first movie made, whose uh, name escapes me. And Old Boy, if I'm correct, falls uh, into the middle. And uh, for a while, I kind of held that I liked the story in Lady Vengeance more. And uh, I, I, I will, uh, I have changed that opinion. Yeah. I, I like, uh, I like Old Boy, like. This is a really well-told story. Yeah, it's... um Like... The, the first time I saw it, I don't think that I caught all of it. Yeah. Um, you were busy texting. Or something. <laughs> and uh, Teenagers. Something like that. And uh, I, I just... I, I think that, that parts of it missed me, and the end kind of threw me for a loop, and I didn't really... You've matured. Yeah, I I, uh, I would have to say that, that this is... Uh, this this is the best by this director that I've seen. There, this one day I would still like to review uh, Lady Vengeance. Sure. After we've let this uh, 
gestate we for need a something, while. We need something light next week. <laughs> um, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, this movie is a... This movie... The storytelling is good. Yes. Great. The editing and shooting is a, is masterpiece. Beautiful, beautiful imagery. It is and, it is shot and uh, framed and edited as good as any foreign movie I've ever seen. That that's another thing. The first time I saw this, I do remember it was on a shitty stream. Mm. Like it was not even. Set. It didn't come across as yeah, well. Yeah, everyone. That's was, a lot of the movie. Yeah, everyone, everyone like in the forums was like, "Oh, you gotta watch Old Boy. It's such a beautiful movie. Every mm. every shot's a painting." And yeah. so, and I was like. I, I was like, okay, so I watched it. And I was like, eh. <laughs> but uh, I, I definitely it, get it now. On a on a on, on a HD TV on Netflix, it comes across a lot yeah, better. I was watching on my computer screen, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I would definitely say that this is the way to go. It is a strikingly beautiful movie. It really is, and I just I can't get over the like I have not. I don't have really. I feel like anything that I have bad to say would be petty in comparison to how how good the movie was and how many things it gets right. Yeah. It it just it it had everything is just cleanly shot. It's framed well. There are significant callbacks. There are setups with payoffs. There are f- there are very few setups without payoffs, which I actually try and look at almost more because I feel like a lot of stuff. Um, in in movies where there could be more, a lot of stuff tends to get left on the cutting room floor. So I always try and pay attention to setups without payoffs, and I always wonder, you know, what could have been for stuff like that. And there wasn't much of that in this movie, which is good um, because this movie, it it's I'm I'm a nerd from like murder mysteries and stuff like that. <laughs> so having having clues and stuff hanging around that all eventually culminate into a logical ending that you could have figured out beforehand but didn't um that stuff just it gets me it gets me going yeah so that 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 brings up something that i'm a little bit curious about so you uh the from the from the couple of like honest to god mystery movies that you and i have seen together Mm -hmm. You tend to be a little bit ahead of me. Yep. When it comes to when it comes to you know piecing stuff together. Yep. Uh, so I was wondering, did, how uh, how many things did I get yeah, get a get a how, notion of? Before how many? Then? Yeah. How many things did you well, piece together before the reveal? I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna bring it up because I didn't want to sound braggy. Right. Uh, but if since you asked, <laughs> um, as the first time he saw Mido. I was immediately like, "That's his daughter." Really? But as soon as, <laughs> as as soon as the evidence was presented that, because they they I guess throw him a phony line that his daughter is living in Switzerland. Yeah, Switzerland or something. Yeah, they they throw him a phony line that one, his daughter Sweden. One of those Scandiwegi places. <laughs> no, Switzerland is Central Europe. It's it's, uh, it's a joke. Anyway. Um, She's in Europe. <laughs> so as soon as they present that to him, I'm like, I, I put it out of my mind. Right. But that, so I don't know if that really counts or not. Because 
you know, I, I, I noticed the similarity in appearance, but they're actors, so I was like, whatever, yeah. you know, and stuff like that, and the age difference, but as soon as... I mean, mi- misdirection can't... I don't feel like misdirection can be uh, discounted in, yeah. a, in a mystery. Well, but that was... That was that thought immediately occurred to me hmm. when they... It was specifically when they said to each other that they look familiar. That right. That was like... That was all I could think, but then I did. I did put it out um, <laughs> as soon as as soon as uh, that happened. And then what's the other major reveal? Um, there's not really anything else that. I mean, there there's a there's a lot with. Uh, I mean, piecing together, you know, who Jen is, why he's out after. Yeah, but that's there. There's no evidence to that before it yeah, really happens. There really isn't. The whole the whole school plot is like. It's your you take it as it's given. There's no yeah. They they explained entirely what happened in the school plot in one flashback. Yeah, and it's a really long flashback, but that's kind of the way that that needs to be told. There's no lead up to it. There wasn't really. This is a already good a two hour to, movie, yeah. and I I feel like they they had a lot to tell in two hours, so they kind of crammed that whole backstory into that one scene which is fine especially being that they paced the rest of it so well they paced it very not very slow but the the significant scenes every frame mattered they took time they took a lot of time at the beginning to develop characters yeah possibly more so than plot yeah and they caught up with the plot yeah the plot the, yeah exactly they grew into it um, so I think that I feel like there was one more thing that I kind of was like quote unquote predicting, but it's not springing to mind, so whatever. <laughs> um, so uh, I, I was I was looking for a couple of things because you know I, I had already seen this movie, so mm-hmm. I already knew the big reveals and everything. Sure. So, as I usually do when like on my second time seeing a movie. I try and look for things that, you know, spring out as far as, like, you know, motifs and little, you know, hints that you can that, that you can get at places. Um, and I wanted to talk through a, a, a motif that I noticed with you. Okay. Because I... I've noticed it. I know it has to be a thing, but I'm not really satisfied with it. Okay. So there is a mouth motif in this movie. Yes. Like several things. There's um in Pull. kind of kind of book ending uh the beginning and the end uh of the movie within the first few shots you hear uh Desu say that he's going to find the person who's imprisoned him and he's going to eat him. Yes. He's going to swallow every last bit he yep. says. Uh, at the end of the movie, he says the same thing. Uh, the uh, there is an octopus scene where he is uh, kind. It's kind of an infamous octopus scene where he um, orders. He he says that he wants to eat something alive. Alive. Yes. And uh, the and that's that they do. There are things where they eat like freshly dead octopus that's still alive. On a nerve yep. level, so that's not like a weird thing to order. It's, at it's, a Japanese... it's like one step away yeah. from what's pretty normal. Yeah, that that's not a super weird thing to order at a the, Japanese the su- restaurant. The sushi lady, who's actually his daughter, yeah. is a little 
uncomfortable about yeah. it, but when he does he, it, she doesn't really like freak out or anything. Well, she she says she brings out the live octopus and she says, "Would you like me to cut this up?" And he just like grabs it off the plate and starts tearing into it. Yeah. Um, pulling, pulling teeth is one of the main forms of torture in this movie. Yeah, you get a that very vis- visceral shot of Dezu doing it. That happens and, twice, right? Uh, Maybe three times. He no, he does it. <laughs> And, and then, then someone does it back. They don't actually do it. Yeah, true. They they act like they're about to do it, and they're like, "Ha ha, no!" And then they're about to do it for real, and he kind of breaks out by laughing. Yeah, in a very uncomfortable way. Yeah. Um. Um. He, he cuts also, his tongue out. Yeah, he cuts his tongue out, and he licks um Wu Jin's boots. Yes. And uh, so there's a definite mouth I would, motif, I, and I'm trying to string it together. So. How it's important. I would call that less of a motif and more of a um, stylistic choice for maybe maybe the region. Um, I would say, without having seen a ton of movies from Korea or, you know, Southeast Asia, I feel like, um, I feel like it was more stylistic to the genre as opposed to necessarily being specific to this movie, I don't know why, but that's just the that's the that's the feeling that I got. Possibly, I'm a, I've seen a handful of Korean movies, and I don't think anything has has really popped out like that. But it's um, I don't I wouldn't call it a motif so much as just maybe not so much as just a a, a recurring. A recurring theme, which Cause, is because I, I was trying to put it together because every time, well, there is one thing. Every time someone's oh, and there's a huge mouth thing at the end of it. They actually kind of bend over backwards to phrase it right to make it a mouth thing. Um, at the end, uh, so when the rumors start spreading about. Uh, Wujin's sister, she, uh, it, it, they, they become, you know, surely from, I saw them oh, yeah. doing stuff I know, I know to, yeah. they had sex to, I heard she's pregnant with her nephew. And she, uh, she, she starts to kind of develop psychosomatic symptoms that go along with pregnancy. Um, and that's supposedly what made her suicidal. And um, they say in the thing it was, uh, it was Desu's mouth that made her pregnant. Yes. And they phrase it really weird like that. So Wujin says it over and over again. Yeah, like like two or three times, like right all all together. So there there is one thing that just kind of uh, occurred to me is in every instance. Except for Desu's mouth made her pregnant. Um, a mouth is being used or mentioned to establish dominance. In the you know whole thing, yeah. I'm going to eat you. Yep. <laughs> Paraphrasing, but I'm going to eat you. Yeah. There, there's, there's that. That's clearly a power yeah, thing. The tooth torture. The tooth torture is clearly which followed up by him laughing is a very close up shot on his mouth, and uh, it's kind of him taking the dominance back in a way. Yeah. The the him eating something alive yep. is very much him him asserting 
his his newfound sort of yeah he taste for you know yeah chaos and, and, and stuff like and that. he feel and speculation but he feels that that he can establish he can convince himself that he is alive by taking something else's life it's kind of set up with the whole monster thing yeah um so there's that Maybe that's a thing. Yeah, Maybe I mean that's not, not. Yeah, that's not. That's not a bad. That's not a bad thought. Also, he tracks down the uh, place he was imprisoned by the taste of their dumplings. Yes, he he uh, goes to every dumpling shop. And there's close-ups of him putting the dumplings in his mouth as well. That's not really a dominance thing, so it would mess with the motif. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I, I, I don't think. I think you're reading a little much into things lately. I I, I like I like doing that though. I feel like I try not to assign significance to the mundane unless it's I feel like you come across more useful information about how stories are structured by overthinking them. Okay. <laughs> you and I so, you and I differ in that regard. So so I I I kind of go for overthinking a little That's bit. That's fine. Um, um, you would be a great English teacher. Yeah. Um, um, so here's a question: if, okay. if we can, if we can shift a bit, okay. Um, is there anything you would change about this movie? Anything that would change about the movie? Yeah. I um. Specifically, the ending, the ending third. So the first time I watched the movie, I, I said that the ending threw me for a loop. Yeah. And it was because I was seeing it as, okay, this really terrible thing has happened, but uh, Desu is kind of needlessly debasing himself. Like, he goes way overboard, mm. obviously. He cuts out his own tongue. That's what you thought Without, at the time, or you yeah, still think that? No, I, I, I thought it at the time. Yeah. Um, he goes way overboard, and... Uh, He's not prompted to do any of it. Right. Like, the guy's just standing there. Yeah. uh, The whole time. Um, And then as you age and mature... (laughs) Yeah, so I I saw it's still like an over-the-top reaction, but it's... Not nearly as unwarranted as as I thought it was the first time I watched it. It's very much more like... You know he's he's hysterical. He's just come to the realization that this entire part of his life, the only thing that he was really looking forward to after doing all of this, after getting revenge, was based on a horrible, horrible secret. Um, and uh, you know he he had to accept that you know as much as. You know, he felt in the right, and as much as he felt like he had, you know, succeeded in tracking this guy down and everything, he was always a step behind. He, he, you know, he, he was, he was always playing in this guy's plan. And so, I get the hystericalness. That used to be, like, the only real thing that I had a problem with in this movie, and uh, and I I definitely get it more now. I'm gonna and, break uh, off. I'm gonna yeah. and I'm gonna say that I actually disagree with you. Um, 
in a way that I don't think his reaction to that situation is unwarranted at all. I think that it falls completely in line with normalcy because it's pretty obvious that debasement, um, not to be confused with the basement, debasement is what Wu Jin wants. And it's pretty obvious based on the fact that he seems to be thoroughly enjoying um, Dezu really just kind of like struggling and freaking out. Um, and I think up until the point where he cuts his tongue out, Wu Jin still would have ruined the rest of their lives by to- telling Mido the secret. Yeah. And that is what puts him over the top to finally be like, okay, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, and, and like I said, I, that, that was the thing that I had said about it before yeah I, I agree with you now it, it was uh, it, it was it was definitely warranted the only thing that I think painted as being over the top for me back when I watched the first time was actually what I find to be a strength of this movie and that's how much the lead actor who plays Desu like Desu he Desu 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 <laughs> he is an extremely like physical like good physical actor this guy I'm, I don't know anything about any of these staff but I feel like <laughs> this guy must be like a major actor in Korea yeah because he, he is awesome there aren't a ton of actors that are able to bring across a really good performance that you can like in a language that you don't know anything about yeah. you know because a lot of times if a lot of if there's a lot of subtlety in inflection uh you won't really have that same connection as you would if if it was the language that you knew and and understood and a lot of times even facial expressions uh differ slightly between you know where like in a different cultural context uh so it's it's something for an actor to stand out so much that you're like wow this guy's amazing and like i didn't know a word he said yeah 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 like it, it it's that's that's really saying something because he's just so physical he puts all of his character into how he moves and how he reacts to shit it's it's amazing here's what impressed me the absolute most about this movie the acting is great the editing is great but this movie what impresses me the most about this movie is the is how it skates the line of the serious and the absurd yes the entire movie um without without ever coming across as too much in one way or the other yeah nothing's feels forced because there there are parts of this movie that would fall into the category of like almost i mean on the same path as like your standard ridiculous asian movies that are like you know way over the top with blood and gore and like stuff like that this movie has some of those tropes downplayed but you never get that sense of 
non-reality from it because because it's so well acted and it's so well paced and it's so well shot and it's yeah. so well written um and and i've i've never i don't know if i've ever seen a movie that i i was so unsure through a lot of it whether it was taking itself seriously or not and it, it is it's taking itself very seriously but it's also very genre savvy so it kind of it knows some of the things that it's doing are a little outlandish but it justifies them in a very real way and that's very impressive it it reminds me a lot of just the the way it's directed and like you say kind of skating that line between taking itself very seriously and veering into like absurd stuff um it reminds me a bit of Tarantino in that way. Yeah. Because Tarantino can, can do that. He's, he's like... I, I, I bet Tarantino likes this movie. Probably. Probably <laughs> um, a lot. He, uh, but, but he does that same thing. Like, uh, you know, I, I always... I point to Django for this, but there's a ton of Tarantino movies that do this. You'll be laughing one second and cringing the next and you won't really always expect it but, yeah this um, i feel like tarantino movies though and maybe this is just a product of being american they 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 veer more more far into absurd and then into into serious whereas yeah. this movie stays more towards the yeah. middle on both sides instead of just instead of like you know, going dramatically from one to the other. Yeah, it, it plays it close to the vest the whole time. Yeah, you. Uh, I, I, I would it say manages, you're, it you're manages right to do both that. at the same time. <laughs> it's not necessarily the extreme sides of both. Right, of the exactly. spectrum. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like you have parts of Django Unchained or Pulp Fiction or that any like hilarious any Quentin Tarantino <laughs> movie that are over the top ridiculous. Yeah, and he is the master of that, and he yeah. and he makes great movies that way. This this movie is is really it's not dissimilar it's just like a toned down version of yeah. that um so aside from the octopus scene yep there is one other scene that always gets talked about in this movie and that is the fight scene in the corridor so that was the that that, <laughs> that segues pretty nicely from what i was talking about because the fighting in this movie is done pretty tastefully. Yeah, it's it. You expect you see these all these guys coming, and before the first fight scene, you're expecting this kung fu movie, this Bruce Lee, ac, you know, <laughs> yeah, Kill Bill acrobatics, <laughs> where you know they're jumping on people's heads. Yeah, One karate chop to the throat is putting people on the ground. Fucking stylish music playing in the background. Do 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 do. <laughs> it's not that at all. No. The 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 most important fight scene of this movie has the main character Dezu fighting very hard and still getting pretty beat up because he's yeah. heavily outnumbered. Yeah. He gets stabbed in the back, um, falls down and appears to be in bad shape, and then drags himself back up and kind of fights his way out. And he's when before he was fighting his way he was trying to fight after he gets stabbed he very noticeably is like okay time to go yeah and fights his way onto an elevator you can see the power shift really like yeah it, it's it's a momentum thing swinging back and forth in this fight scene yeah. and after about 45 seconds of just 
constant, like, exhaustive fighting. And it, and it's a brawl. Like, no one it's here a, is displaying any, like, great talent for fighting. No, it's just like... It's a brawl. It's a, a schoolyard brawl. brawl. Yeah. All these and guys... And it's shot like that. Yeah. All these guys get exhausted, and they're all just, like, panting out of breath on the ground, clutching a stitch in their chest... And it's 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 very I've never seen it done before. It's, it's done one shot. the the whole th- The whole scene is shot in one shot, side on with a tracking shot. Yeah, like there 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 were no cuts. Everything just kind of happens as it happens. When you see, you know, Desu takes a lot of hits. The other guys take a lot of hits. No one dies in any spectacular fashion they just no, all they're just really tired beating they're just really tired and beat up and it's i've never seen that before and yeah. it was very cool yeah it's um i love that scene i've watched just that scene yeah. several times on youtube absolutely i um it's it's crazy it's it's gosh there was sometimes what to say anyway um yeah so and those there's several fights in this movie. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. The fight that we were just talking about honestly isn't even choreographed that well. Yeah, it's you can tell it's a stage fight, and some of the actors playing the extras, they're not doing an outstanding job. But the 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 tone and the overarching sense of exhaustion. Makes up for it in and, leaps and bounds. And once again, the amazing physicality that they, the the actor who plays Daisu brings to yeah. the role just they keep you they, makes it. The, <laughs> any any normal person would not be looking at the extras in that scene because Daisu is a total scene stealer. But oh, yeah. that's just that's just my my me just looking at the extras for whatever reason because I I always. I'm very interested in the way fight scenes are choreographed, yeah. and that's just that's just me. But it's very well done. It's done differently than anything I've ever seen. Yeah, it's it's a it is a beautiful scene. <laughs> oh man, there's we, can we talk? I mean, there's so much we can to, we can talk about everything. There's man. so much to talk about. What else do you have? <laughs> Uh, honestly, I, I did not take a lot of, uh, I know of notes on I was this surprised. One. Usually Chris takes a lot more notes yeah, than I do. Yeah, usually I take like an entire page full of notes. For, and like, his notes are like entire sentences, whereas mine are two to four words usually. <laughs> uh, I had one note for this movie that was just the word sex. Also teeth. Yeah. Uh, also all caps teeth when, the t- when, uh, Daisy rips a guy's teeth out. Because you because you have a tooth thing apparently. It was very it was very jarring. Yeah, tooth torture gets ah. me more than anything else. Yeah, in movies like this. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, the overall message that I would like to send is if you like art mo- artfully done movies, and you're not really squeamish, and you prefer a good story to uh, a safe story. Then you should see this movie. There is one thing that that I, I didn't write a note about, and it's it's just because I, uh, it's it's a subject that's kind of uh, that's kind of near and dear to me. I found that a lot of movies that have this end up being movies that I really like. Um, there is a definite there. There's a thing running through this movie, um, and, and it comes off the first time you see it. And you don't really know how things are going to end. Um, 
you kind of see Mito as a bit of a punching bag. Like, through a lot of the movie, Desu is straight up, like, abusing her, like, in paranoid states where he can't trust her, and, like, he ties her to a bed and starts choking her. There's the, you know, kind of <laughs> attempt rape thing earlier in the thing. It's, it's rape-ish. Yeah, and then some gang members tie her up and, like, undress her and stuff to get a desu. And, uh, I mean, had she known the secret that, that they decide to keep from her at the end, her whole life would have been ruined. She ruined. was, she was, uh, she was, um, you know, raised by this guy, like kind of in the background since she was three. Uh, her mother was killed because of this whole thing. Um, she was hypnotized and, you know, manipulated into doing all of this stuff. And she is essentially an innocent party. She's paying for the sins of her father. And there's this um, thing, I can't remember the whole verse. Uh, I know it's Proverbs 6, 4, so if you are a biblically-minded person or if you just have a Bible around, you can look it up. I think it's Proverbs. Did they say it was Proverbs? I don't know. I think it was Proverbs 6, 4. Um, but it's a verse about essentially letting transgressions go and the whole movie is about the cyclical nature of revenge and violence violence begets violence begets violence and ultimately while the actors in that violence meet their fates as they would have anyway the people that are hurt end up being the innocents and um I like movies that do things with cyclical violence. Like it's, uh, it, I just, I think it's a, I think it's a very, I think it's a very cool thing to mine. One of my favorite movies, other than this one that's done it, was a uh, Looper, which I hope to review someday. Uh, at some point, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Um, so there's definitely, uh, there's definitely that element to it. Um, and that's really all that, uh, all that I think I, I have to say about it, honestly. Yeah. I, I think that, uh... I feel good about it. Yeah. Wow. This has been kind of a long episode. Yeah, That's sorry. fine. It, it deserves it. It deserves it. So I'm pulling out some dice right now. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna let you roll this Yeah, time, that's what I'm doing. Because I have rolled Yeah, I, the last you're not time. rolling. Uh, let me find the list. I, it's, I know where it is. It's the front. No. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> All right. All right. So I'm rolling three d20s and a d6. Maybe you should roll on the pad so it won't be so jarring. Oh yeah, I was, I was, well, was going to do it here, but I'll do it there. Right. Well, I mean, I don't which which list am I going to use? Uh, whichever one you want, Doug. We've scratched more stuff off that list. Let's do this one. Okay. All right. That is thirty-three. Uh, 49, 54. That's a lot of counting. <laughs> Didn't we determine that these are 33? That li uh, lined paper is 33? I think, Okay, maybe? well, we're going to go with that. 33, and then 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 41, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 50, 1, 2, 3, 4. Take shelter. Well... You did count that one twice. Oh, so the lobster. 
<laughs> oh, we're going to have to... Man, that just got out of theaters, but it's not on DVD yet. You want to just do Take Shelter anyway? What is Take Shelter about? Uh, it's a very good movie about Michael Shannon going, being <laughs> being very Michael Shannon-y. Uh-huh. Uh, he's, uh, You've written so many things on here that I've never even heard of. Yeah, I know. That's kind of the point. I guess, yeah. <laughs> um, I was hoping I'd get Rain of Fire. <laughs> um so uh yeah take shelter is a good one um I, I what genre is it uh let's say drama thriller maybe maybe a little bit of a thriller all right well so take we're doing take shelter unless we just have a copious well no i don't think i can do two of these back to back yeah um we'll do seven samurai at a later date yeah we we'll definitely do seven samurai soon we just have to make sure that we have enough time to watch it we're adults with busy lives <laughs> and uh we don't have that much time to uh do this silly little podcast yeah <laughs> I don't know why I said that in the smug voice. But yeah. 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 Mm, quite. Anyway. All I, right. I don't have to be here right now. Yeah. <laughs> well, in any event, thanks for listening. Um, go watch Old Boy. Please. By yourself. Please do. Send, let, let me know how you liked it. Yeah. Send an email to unformattedreviewshow at gmail.com I would love to hear some more people's opinions on this I'm probably going to go look up what people thought on the internet right now because I I, I need more time to reflect on this movie same I, I bet if we recorded this podcast like two hours from now it would be, it would be totally different yeah <laughs> um, but anyway thanks for listening drive safe um, and stay beautiful toodles <laughs>